We will get to episode 253 in just a moment, but before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of I Can See You. Whenever you need to make a purchase at Amazon.com, please use my affiliate link by going to ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. That'll take you directly to Amazon.com's homepage. Shop as you normally do. Check out as you normally do. It doesn't cost you anything more, and I may earn a small commission on qualifying purchases. Again, that's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. Thanks so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there and welcome to episode 253 of I Can't See You. My name is David at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me today and what I believe is going to be the last episode of 2023. Of course, it all depends on the editing. <laughs> I am recording this late in the afternoon on the 30th of December. That gives me roughly about 32 hours or so left to get it published before the ball drops in New York City. And I always think it's funny that the ball is dropping there, but Jane is here. So she is going back home on January 1st, and we'll celebrate her 27th birthday on January 2nd. So an early happy birthday to you, Jane. I know you're not going to listen, but... (laughs) So I do have a few things to talk about today, and again, I'm going to try to be brief, and I heard something funny the other day, that if you need to do something, do a 10-minute speech, you need a week to prepare. If you need to do a half an hour speech, you need a day or two to prepare. If you need to speak for an hour, I could record it. I could talk right now. And <laughs> So it kind of made me wonder how much I'm preparing because I'm basically just giving the recap of things that have gone on with me and things like that throughout the week. I'm going to lead off with a Ziggy update, and this just seems to be never-ending. I've nicknamed him now Money Pit because we found out a couple days ago that he is going to have an endoscopy and colonoscopy on the 5th of January. (laughs) And what does that cost, you may ask? About $5,000. Now, since all his troubles started... Back in the end of September, we've probably spent around $4,500. Now, we have started to receive some of that back from insurance, but it's not, of course, all covered, as I mentioned in the last episode. And this $5,000 plus or minus, we have to pay each year there's a $500 copay. So obviously the first $500 is not going to be covered. So we're looking to maybe get back somewhere between $2,500 and $3,000 of the five grand that, of course, we're going to have to pay out first. So I can keep complaining to Liz about our credit card bills being super high, and <laughs> the reason they are are because of Ziggy. But hopefully this will fix what's going on with him or at least figure out what's going on with him. They've changed his food again. So we have all sorts of different types of food here at the house that some unopened we can send back. Partial cases of cans we can't. And I don't know what the kind in the can is called, uh, but it looks like we're going to try and uh, take that to our vet and see if he can use it. Uh, when he has a dog that uh, has an issue, and maybe that's what they need to have. But we'll see how that goes. But 
he's just not 100%. And it was, we figured last night, we had gone out, and I'll talk about this a little bit later. But Liz and I had gone out to dinner, and Jane was here with him. And Jane said he whined the whole time that we weren't here. And that's, he does have a, an issue when Liz and I go out, or Liz or I go out. But not to that extent. And it's kind of like, as I said today to Jane, it's kind of like when a kid is sick and their mom isn't there. The dad's okay, but they usually want the mom. And it was akin to that is is what I kind of likened it to. So hopefully Ziggy is better. I mean, he's on a walk right now with Liz. That allowed me to record this. So we'll see how it goes. So next Friday, the 5th, is when he has this stuff done. The worst part is he cannot eat anything after dinner on the 3rd. Now, as I've mentioned numerous times, Ziggy is very food motivated, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. It's going to be like a 24-hour strike for him because he's not going to want to do anything that we ask him to because we can't give him any food or any treats. So I don't know how that day on the 4th is going to go for me. Liz, of course, will be at school and miss most of that, so... Keep your fingers crossed for me because I'm not not really looking forward to that day where he's going to be very whiny and hungry and not know what to do. I, I don't even know that I could play our normal morning game, our normal morning routine, if I haven't mentioned. After I eat breakfast, I usually hide something in the kitchen, usually a box, but sometimes we run out of boxes and I use different bottles that we've given him to play with over the course of the previous week's. But the boxes are what he likes best. And they're all sorts of different sizes. Since Jane has been home, Jane has been eating these frozen lunches. So the boxes are nice and they're small. So they can kind of fit in different places that some of the other boxes, usually Tazo tea boxes, uh, these, these food boxes fit in different spots. So it's different hiding places for me for Ziggy and, and the box. And basically he sits in the living room. I go hide the box and I tell him, okay, go find the box. And then he looks around. Today I had him stumped because I had it hidden in a spot where I never had hidden a box before because it was really thin. So it was, it, was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. He enjoys it. And then, of course, the game for me is to get the box away from him before he eats any of the cardboard. And that's happened almost as numerous amount of times as he's found the box. So we don't even, I, I don't even want to play that with him on Thursday the 4th. Fingers are crossed that everything goes well and we could figure out what's going on with him and move on from that because it's just, it hasn't been fun. And (laughs) as I think I've mentioned before, he has been, since sometime in October, he has been sleeping in our room. We got him a bed. He never slept in it. We sent it back. And he basically sleeps either on the floor or he'll jump up in bed with us. And we have a king bed, so it's fine. Except sometimes when I come to bed, he's, you know, sprawled out right on my side or right by my pillow. Uh, The last couple of days, I've gone up and he likes to face the windows at the opposite end of the bed. So that means his butt is pointed towards me. And if there's one thing that you don't really want (laughs) pointing your way is a butt with a dog that is having some sort of GI or some kind of issue. (laughs) Although I have to say that I haven't noticed anything. So, (laughs) but that, that's how it's been the last, the last couple of nights uh, with Ziggy. And it's just kind of, he, he doesn't, seem to enjoy being up there as opposed to going into his crate or his cage or whatever you want to call it. And uh, he does go to bed earlier because Liz goes to bed earlier and he goes up when she goes up, usually in the nine o'clock hour. 
Liz and I, as I mentioned, went out to dinner last night, and I was told that we were going out since Jane was home and Jane could watch Ziggy and not have to, we wouldn't have to put him in and everything would be good and at least he'd have somebody to play with. So we went out to dinner and I was hoodwinked by Liz. She told me that somebody at school where she works had told her about this restaurant. It's called High Street Philadelphia. It's right on the corner of uh, 9th and Chestnut. It is the southeast corner of 9th and Chestnut. And when we got there, to my surprise, Harriet and Lisa and Mary from the Keystone chapter were sitting at a table that we ended up at. And the table was big, so I knew there were more people coming. And Harriet and Lisa set it up, and I I really do appreciate it that they did this. They did it to celebrate me becoming first vice president of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. And it was a lot of fun. We hung out for a few hours and we had some good food. Now, it's interesting because evidently on parties of eight or more, and I don't remember how many total were there because I haven't taken a minute to count, but we we weren't told, Harriet wasn't told that there is a $75 minimum per person when you have parties of eight or more, which of course is a lot. I don't know how much everybody paid because they didn't give us a bill. We ended up tipping Adam, who was our waiter, 30 bucks, but everybody else's bill had the tab built into their bill. So we sat around and we talked and they all said really nice things about me. Kenny said that he <laughs> he chose coming to dinner with us there as opposed to going to something. He is a, he is a vet uh, instead of going to the VFW post where he usually goes when there was an event. Mark Bias was there and Jim Antonacci and his wife Pat were there. Jim is the former president of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. And so it was nice to have everybody there. And of course, the three others that I mentioned, Harriet, Lisa, and Mary. Now, unfortunately, Mary's dog, Malia, was not there. And I was uh, disappointed when she said she wasn't under the table when I sat down, because I was careful when I sat down, because usually, you know, the dog sits under the table. But she wasn't with her. Mary was solo yesterday. So I really do appreciate that. It was it was really nice, uh, Harriet and Lisa, putting that together. And both Harriet and Lisa also had some very nice things to say about me. And Liz said to me after, she said, do you, do you think you can do what they expect you to do? <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but the pressure is now on, evidently. And it, it, again, it was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, it was good to get out in Philadelphia. It's been a long time since Liz and I went <laughs> went out to dinner in Philadelphia. Uh, not part of some other event, meaning picking me up from one thing. And, and usually, listen, and, and we considered it last night too, but we were so cold by the time we walked back to the car. We hadn't gotten dessert at dinner and we thought, and Jane had texted us and she said, I want something sweet. And we thought about stopping at Franklin Fountain, which was just a few blocks down the street, down Market Street. And we were going to drive right by it to get back on I-95. I was so cold when we were walking back to the car that I, I didn't want to stop there. And it's always a hassle finding parking in that area because there's – obviously, you don't want to pay it for a garage to spend 20 minutes there. And street parking is usually tight. But High Street, Philadelphia was where we ate. The food was really good. Uh, we shared <laughs> we shared a couple of different pizzas. Um, Although it's a fancier place than that. Don't let it, don't let it <laughs> sound like, oh, they went to a pizza place. Uh, Liz said that we were a little bit underdressed. 
they had all sorts of higher end meals and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check out their menu. It's a very, it wasn't a lot of things on the menu. At first they talked to us about doing a chef's choice, which I knew Liz wouldn't be up for that. And again, most of the things they had, I didn't really want to, they had some sort of pasta dish, for example, that I probably would have gotten it, but the sauce was a brisket, something, something. And I'm like, uh, not too big on the brisket. So I passed on that. Uh, but so I ended up with a pizza that had anchovies and uh, some other things. Uh, Liz had a margarita, and Harriet had one that had a chestnut cream sauce, and she offered a piece to me, and I gave her some of mine. But I, I'm not big into cream sauces, so I passed on that. But Lisa, which this is the funny part, and I have a question for you. Lisa was going between the one with the anchovies and another one that had some squash on it and had some Calabrian chili oil and some honey. And I went back and forth with those two choices too. Again, saying to Liz, I said, I have always believed that Lisa and I are somehow related. And the issue is, of course, and, and she and I have talked about it. She's black. I'm obviously not. And she said to me, well, what if it was an ownership thing? I said, we can't fix that now. It is what it is. And so is that a big deal if if that's how we're related? Think about that. Let me know your points. (laughs) Call 646-926-6350 or email podcast at gmail.com. There are so many similarities between the two of us. I just don't see how she can't be related to me. I just don't see it. She acts a lot like my mom. In fact, she brought it up last night. She loves to make coffee in a percolator. (laughs) And my mom swore by the percolator that she has, which my friend Alex still has. When my mom died, I gave it to him. He wanted it, and and he still uses it from time to time, which I also think is hysterical. And maybe people of our age, as, as we get Lisa's, uh, a little bit older than us, me. And so maybe it's just that age range that they, we, well, I, I don't drink coffee out of a percolator, so I don't know. But Alex obviously does, and Lisa does. And I just think it's funny. I just think it's really funny how similar we are and how we always, when we're doing White Canes Connect, and yes, she is the co-host and actually the creator of White Canes Connect, how we always have the same questions when we're talking to people. Sometimes she'll get a question out and I'm thinking, oh, I was going to say that exact thing or vice versa. The same thing will happen. And they won't be just a basic question. It will be something a little deeper. And it's just weird how, how we click like that. Now, when we are out, for example, at the NFB of Pennsylvania State Convention, people thought we were married. And that's happened a lot too. And it's, that's also kind of funny. But there are too many similarities with us. And I asked her last year before Christmas, I said, if I got you a 23andMe or an Ancestry DNA kit, would you do it? <laughs> and she said yes, but I didn't. I ended up forgetting too close to the holidays. And this year, I didn't. It slipped my mind. But I, I just can't see how we're not related. I just don't see it. Because there's too many similarities. So it was a really nice evening out. We really enjoyed it. So again, thank you to Mark and Kenny and Jim and Pat and Mary and 
Harriet and Lisa, thank you so much for setting that up and arranging that. I really do appreciate it. And all the kind words everybody said. And (laughs) now the pressure is on. The main thing I wanted to talk about today was accessible apps. And I know I've beaten this into the ground, but it is a big issue for anybody that's blind or visually impaired. I love Alt Nation on Sirius XM. I listen to that I don't know how many hours a week, at least a couple hours a day, whether it's when I'm in the shower or when I'm in the kitchen making something or whether I'm just sitting at the computer thinking about things that I need to either write or do or edit or whatever. I listen a lot. So they have this music director, quote unquote, position or I I don't know what you would call it, but every so often they send out a survey of your favorite songs on Alt Nation. And they used the results to base their Alt 18. Each weekend they have a top 18 songs as requested. And so you could tweet about it by just using the hashtag Alt 18, but you can also enter your favorite in when you do the survey. But the main part of the survey is to get an idea of what you like, what you don't like, what's been playing too much, or if you're tired of it or whatnot. So what happens is they play a clip of a song and then you have to say, love it, like it, yeah, it's okay, don't like it, hate it. And then once you click that, then you go to tired of it, getting tired of it, or not tired of all, at all. So when I saw the email yesterday, or I'm sorry, two days ago, I was in the living room and I was with Ziggy and Jane. And I said, oh, I'm going to take this right here because I didn't want to come downstairs. It was cold in Studio B. And I knew I wasn't going to be down there long because I was getting ready to eat lunch. But I wasn't quite ready. So I thought, I'm going to do this survey on my phone. Try it on my phone. When you click the link in the email, it takes you to a third-party site that does this survey. And the survey has improved quite a bit from how it used to be. But I never did the old one on my phone, so I don't know how good that was. So I go to the app, and you have to fill out some particulars. What's your age? Where are you listening at? Mid-Atlantic, so forth. And then you go into the survey, and there's, I don't know, 25 or 30 songs they give you clips of. And the songs range from 10 seconds to 15 seconds, give or take. So I get all set up to do the first one, and I touch the screen, and it says 000, meaning it was at the play position, you know, the very beginning of the clip. And I could see a blob, which I thought was the play button, So I started single finger swiping to the right to go through each of the links and headers and whatnot on the page. I couldn't get to the button. So Jane was there, like I said. So I asked her to come over and take a look. And I said, Janie, do you see the play button here? She said, yeah, it's right there. I said, go ahead, hit it. She was hitting it. Nothing was happening. It wasn't saying anything. It wasn't playing And I said, all right, well, let's start up here and just watch me as I flick through and see if it ever, when, when you do a, when you touch something on the screen and voiceover is on, sometimes there'll be a little outline 
that a sighted person would be able to tell, okay, this is what's selected now. This is where the cursor is, if you will. So I touch the 000. Actually, I go to the top of the screen, which was the 000. I don't know that I touched that or if I just got to the top. And then I started swiping to the right with a single finger. First one, second one. And then by the time things started being said, they weren't visible to Jane. So I don't know where those things were, but it went right past the play button. So to do the test, and I didn't want to stop because I I thought if I stopped, I wouldn't be able to do it when I went back on the computer. So what I was having to do was once I got to the song, the answered the questions from the previous one, or in this case, just started, I would shut voiceover off by triple-clicking the button on the right-hand side of the phone, turning voiceover off, hitting the button, as I suspected it was the darker blob <laughs> on, the, on the left-hand side of the screen, just under where it said 000, Jane told me. And I would listen to the song, and then I would rate it. But sometimes I would forget to turn voiceover back on before I touched the screen. So sometimes I said things, and I'm not sure how it worked out. I, I may have said I loved something when I only liked it. Or worse, I didn't like it at all. Because I don't know what I touched because I forgot to turn on voiceover to do that. So it was very annoying, and it took me a lot longer, obviously, to get through that because I had to constantly turn it off and on and then make all my selections. And as I'm doing this, and I said to Jane, do you see how things are when something isn't 100% accessible? This is what we have to go through. And sometimes it's as minor as touching and hearing it say button, and then you wonder what that button does. And sometimes you just take a chance and hit that button because you kind of assume that, okay, that must be the submit button or that must be the next button or whatever it might be. Sometimes you have no idea. And sometimes you end up at a spot where you got to go back and hit something else. And that's the problem with a lot of apps. Those are the issues that blind folks and visually impaired folks have with apps when they want to do something Sometimes it's completely different on how it's supposed to be done just to get it to get done. And it is a very frustrating thing to have to go through to get stuff done. One of the things that we are, one of the agenda points in this year's Washington seminar, which is where the NFB goes to Capitol Hill uh, at the end of January, and we go and visit, in, since I'm from Pennsylvania, we will be visiting the various representatives from around the state. Now, there's going to be a couple of groups, so not everybody goes to every representative, but the folks on the NFB of Pennsylvania board, anybody that's at Washington Seminar, will go to the two senators. They just don't have a lot of room to fit 10 or 15 people in, usually. And so it'll just be the board members who are there to go to the senators. But everybody divides and conquers with the representatives. And usually one of the representatives that you're assigned to is one who is your rep. So I'll hopefully be assigned to go to see Mary Gay Scanlon. She is our rep. Pennsylvania 5 is our district. And that's changed a few times over the years because of redistricting and whatnot. So that's one of the 
one of the items on our agenda. There's usually three points. Uh, I don't remember what the other two are. They just came out, and uh, obviously I'll know them frontwards and backwards when we go down because we usually, if we can meet with the congressman or congresswoman, we usually do a brief rundown of each one and then go deeper if they have more time. And usually there's the meetings are only 15 minutes long at best. And last year was the first time we actually got to meet with a rep, and that was Glenn Thompson. I forget what district he's in. He's, he's, his, his district is so big, he's from where there's not a lot of people. So there's, uh, I think he said 15 counties are in his district. So that's one of the items that we'll be going down and talking about, both app and website. That's another issue. And one of the big things that comes out of that, um, the accessibility, most government websites, they require folks to have their website accessible, but they're not accessible. And I, I know I've mentioned it before where people have to file for unemployment or I guess you have to, after so many weeks, you have to refile. Not accessible. A lot of things aren't accessible. And w- with government sites. I mean, obviously with other sites as well, but they kind of wanted a pass on the government sites, which I think is hysterical because if a business wanted a pass, more than likely they wouldn't get one. But the criteria of, oh, it's okay, you don't have to have it done. You have three years to get it done. Well, what do the blind folks do in those three years when it's not done? They have to go ask for help. There's no other way to get stuff done. I have to go to Jane or Liz or Jacob. Ziggy, of course, doesn't read. Or I've got to try to use AI to do it, either be my eyes or seeing AI. And it just, it puts us at a great disadvantage, even when it comes to entertaining things. Stuff doesn't always work. As I mentioned with the survey for the Alt-18 and from Alt-Nation. Now, if I had no site, I don't know that I would have been able to do that. But I could see the blob, and I don't know if it was a play button. I don't know what it was. I don't know if the play button was white inside of a black blob. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but there was a dark spot on the screen, and Jane told me that's where it was, and that's where I just kept hitting. And I guess if you had no sight, again, you could kind of remember, okay, it's about an inch off the side and however many inches down. But it's just very frustrating and hard to live the life we want if we're constantly having to find another way. And that's the name of the game, as I've mentioned a million times, is finding another way to get the same thing done. Sometimes it takes a lot longer, and that part is also frustrating. A couple of things that I'll be brief on. About a month ago to six weeks, Liz had bought me a Stanley travel mug. The mug that I use for my iced tea in the afternoon There was no way of taking the top apart to clean it. And (laughs) I had used it for so many years that I didn't want to break it. But she said, you know, let's get a new mug. And the reason I got the mug, Jane wanted a mug for Christmas, one of her Christmas gifts. So to make free freight, she was going to order something for herself, meaning Liz, and she decided to get me something instead. 
And I love my mug, I have to tell you. It's a 64-ounce mug. I'll put a link in the show notes. Of course, it'll be to Amazon, and it will be an affiliate link. So if you do buy one, I appreciate it. It's 64 ounces, and when the ice goes in, I put about 850 grams of ice in, and then pour the iced tea in, which the iced tea, after it's brewed and everything, and the tea bags come out, I usually have a little over 710 to 715 grams of tea. Again, I know you don't measure liquids with grams, but I know that that's the ballpark I want to be in. As I mentioned last week, once I figure out how much water I need, boiling water I need for the tea, I know all the stuff that falls into place after that. And the ice cubes that I put in, the first thing I noticed when I first started using the mug, and the mug wasn't a gift for me, it was just Once it came, I could use it. It wasn't a Hanukkah gift. It wasn't a birthday gift. It wasn't any kind of gift. It was just a, hey, we made free freight because here's a $60 mug that you also get. (laughs) The first thing I noticed when when I used the mug was that even after a few hours, the iced tea tasted the same because the ice didn't really melt that much because it kept it so cold. And that I thought was amazing. To the last sip, I could still taste the tea and the lemon. And even as I'm eating the ice cubes at the end, and the ice cubes do get nice and soft after sitting in the liquid all day, because I usually make the tea at around four in the afternoon and drink it all through the night until I go up and do the dishes. The tea is usually done by 11, but I eat the ice cubes once I'm down working on the computer and whatnot. And of course, now, <laughs> now that it's cold out, I have the, the heater going in Studio B when I'm doing that because I would get so cold. So I'm really glad that I got this mug. I really do like it. The, the lid, ha- it came with a straw, but I'm not big into the straw, but it has a nice wide mouth. So even smaller ice cubes sometimes get through. So it, it's just, I just like it. And again, I'll link it in the show notes. But the, here's the funny part. So Jane's mug came the same time mine did. Now, mine is all black. It's a, I forget what kind of black. I think it's a glossy black. I, I don't even know. It's, it's dark. And the lid is dark. Jane got a cream-colored one. I think she got the same size. In fact, I think she got the same exact model, except hers is cream. So when Christmas Day comes and she opens it, she said, oh, there's, a, there's something wrong. There's a blemish on the handle. I'm like, ah, just, it's just a small thing. You, you, no, but I really notice it. Of course, I didn't notice it. I wouldn't have done anything for that. But then she noticed the lid was a little weird. That's one thing with the lid. The lid is a tight seal. So when I make my tea and then swish it around after I put the lid on, nothing comes flying out, unlike <laughs> unlike my big $9 Coke. Um, I forget what restaurant we got it at, uh, a pizza guy. Uh, it might have that name on there too. Uh, down in Delaware, there's a pizza chain that we used to go to and – Jane got this for me, the newest one for me at when she was at one of them. But the lid didn't seal tight on hers. So she's like, I got to send it back. If it were just a smudge, maybe I'd keep it. But I'm going to send it back because the lid is weird. The replacement one came today. (laughs) She said the bottom is dented. And it's not a big dent. But when I took it over to the counter to put it on the counter, it doesn't lay flat. It doesn't sit flat. It rocks back and forth, which, of course, is terrible when you've got it full of whatever you got in there drinking. She usually drinks water in hers. And, of course, mine, like I said, is iced tea. And so, obviously, it's got to go back. Now, they didn't ask for the other one back 
for the when they sent out the replacement. I'm guessing they're going to ask for this one back. And <laughs> it just it's just kind of funny how it just happened again, we're going to get a third one for her and unfortunately, we're going to have to see if we can get it shipped to her in New York because now she's not she's going back like I said in a couple of days, they're certainly not going to get one to her on the first, by the first. So hopefully she can get one shipped to her right at home. The only thing that I don't like about the mug is it will not fit in any kind of cup holder inside a car because it's not tapered at all. It seems pretty stable. It's much narrower than my 64 ounce, or I think the other one, the, the Coke plastic Coke mug that I used was 59 ounces. And again, I don't fill with complete tea. It's got a lot of ice, like I mentioned, about 850 grams of ice. And the tea. So it's roughly about 30 ounces of tea, iced tea. And then, of course, about 120 grams of lemon juice, which works out to the juice of about three lemons, give or take. So I just thought it was funny that she's gotten this mug and she still can't use it. I mentioned last week about That Real Blind Tech Show's end of the year show, along with Double Tap, where there was a crossover episode. And... I've listened to all of that Real Blind Tech show, and actually, Liz heard me laughing when I was listening the other day, and I'll tell you in a minute. And then Double Tap, their episode came out yesterday, the 29th. And the funny thing is, Double Tap's length is roughly about 58 minutes. That Real Blind Tech show's length is about an hour and 40 minutes. Now, of course, Brian puts in all sorts of movie clips and things like that. He also... (laughs) He also, and you won't hear this one on the Double Tap episode, but you will hear it on that Real Blind Tech show. He also did a rap song called The Real Mr. F. And if you listen to Double Tap, you know they have their boss is Mr. F. And that's why Brian did it, because he obviously, his last name is Fischler, so he is also Mr. F. But it's just kind of funny. So that Real Blind Tech show episode 144, I'll link to it in the show notes. Double Tap from the 29th of December. I will link to that in the show notes and you can compare them if you have that <laughs> if you have time to listen to both. If you want the shorter version, obviously you can listen to Double Tap. If you want the longer version, you can listen to that Real Blind Tech show. But that was a lot of fun being on with those guys and I was glad when I listened that I didn't sound as dumb as I thought I sounded when we had finished recording that day. And I was happy about that and Brian and I had talked about that and he said, "No, you sounded good." And I don't know about that, but it was fun to be on, and I do appreciate being being included in that. Again, I really enjoyed it. So check those out. Again, episode 144 of That Real Blind Tech Show and Double Tap from the 29th of December. If you're not familiar, Double Tap puts out an episode six days a week, five new episodes, and then usually the Saturday episode is a recap from things that have happened earlier in the week on the different episodes. And while we're at it, let me mention episode 092 of White Canes Connect. I mentioned it last week, but it was the year-end episode, so we haven't put out a new one yet. And in it, Lisa and I do a wrap-up of the NFB of Pennsylvania State Convention that happened in November in Harrisburg. And we did it with feedback from people who attended. We had some emails and a voicemail. And the cool thing is with the emails, we had them read by AI. So if a girl had sent in the email, we had a woman's voice do the reading of the email. And they sound really good, I think. And same thing goes if it was a guy that sent in an email, 
we had a man's AI voice read it. And I was telling Jim last night, the NFB has these things called kernel books. And there's these short stories that when we go to events, especially with sighted folks, because again, they're not in Braille, they're just little tiny pocketbooks. The audio versions of these books and the AI voice that read Steve Morelli's email sound very similar to me. So again, check that out, episode 092. We also had some audio clips from previous guests of the podcast, wishing Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, things like that, as well as some other people had some other things to say. The angel blind gardener, Sue Brazel, had a little poem, and it was, it was just, I thought the episode turned out really nicely. So give that a check, episode 092 of White Canes Connect, available wherever you get podcasts. And that was a lot of fun doing it. It was a lot more work, but it was a lot of fun putting together and talking about the different things that we did. That is all I have for episode 253 of I Can't See You. I wish you a very happy, healthy, and prosperous 2024. Remember, you can find the show notes over at ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 253. That's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 253, numerically speaking. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 253. As always, you can reach out via phone, 646-926-6350. You've got up to three minutes to leave your name in town and whatever you've got to say. Again, 646-926-6350. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out. You can also email me at podcast at gmail.com, podcast at gmail.com. There, there are no limits. Just anything that's in your mind, on your mind, whatever you've got to say, put it in an email and shoot it that way. podcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can always reach out on social media, at David Benj on Facebook and Instagram and threads and Twitter and X, which is the same thing, and LinkedIn and on YouTube, where you can also listen to the episodes. My goal is to start with next year. So next week's episode should also be available on video. We'll see how that... <laughs> See how that all works out. But I do appreciate you listening. Be well, stay safe, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.